Welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Adesia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. And we are now in Murder March. Yes. I got through it without uh. laughing. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, I don't know, I... I don't know, but we're here. <laughs> this is my doing. This, this, is, this is all of my doing. This month and May are all of my doing. <laughs> I have selected this alliteration. <laughs> oh, it's great. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. We're here. Um, so we are doing first Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Mm-hmm. That is the name, right? <laughs> I just guessed that. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay, great. <laughs> um, which is a Stephen Sondheim musical. And depending on when I edit this, it's either coming out the week before or the day of Stephen Sondheim's birthday. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we totally did that on purpose. Absolutely, 100%. It did not happen by mistake. <laughs> so yeah do you have any history with Sweeney Todd my history with Sweeney Todd okay so when I was younger <laughs> oh my god okay there's an actual history yes I'm here. Well, it's, it's, it's not like a deep history I saw it like I saw most things um, on television but I was obsessed because <laughs> it was it was so dark and for a musical i'm pretty sure i don't have it anymore but i had the extended uh director's dvd of it which re-watching it now has made me realize that they didn't there's not a whole lot of difference <laughs> between the director's cut in this one um except for some uh minor character stuff but I don't know. I was in love with this um, with this musical before I fully understood like musicals as I do now. Mm-hmm. I it, it's so hard to explain the what what I feel for this show in particular. It just, it, it hits up, it hits a lot of my horror notes, which I love. And then my musical notes, which I'm obviously hosting part of this podcast for a reason. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. How about you? What's your, what's your history with it? Right. So my history with it. So, okay. When I was a kid, um, I don't know which movie came first jersey girl or sweeney todd but um jersey girl starring ben affleck and a little girl who looks insanely like jennifer lopez um and it's about like him raising like, this is so strange um it's about him Dude, i see i saw Yada. it wait no now that you're talking okay. about it i saw it okay. <laughs> jersey jersey girl was first jersey girl was first okay cool um, and there's a scene in there where, like, it's like a talent show, like a kid's talent show at her school mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think it it's meant to, like, the, the talent show itself comes, comes at, like, the climax of the story. 
Yeah. And um, most of the other girls or the other kids are singing Memory from Cats. They are. This is what I remember. I'm not entirely sure. But <laughs> no, this is, this is correct. Okay. And then this little girl was like, no, let's do the Demon Bomber of Fleet Street. And so they do the scene of like the Mrs. Lovett's meat pies bit with a and all of that. Um, it's just so like Ben Affleck can like run in in a rush and like change into uh, the Sweeney Todd outfit and be there to like be like, hey, I'm here. And she's like, ah! And yeah. Anyway, so that's my introduction to Sweeney Todd. Um, I then was watching, and I say that tentatively, um, <laughs> it, like at a sleepover sometime during high school. But I remember sleeping. So I don't remember anything except that like Johnny Depp was in it and that <laughs> it was very gray. And then I fell asleep. But I don't know if I fell asleep <laughs> during it or if I like left. I don't know, actually. Um, but yeah, so like I didn't really have any like interest to like go back or whatever. Like it just didn't like occur mm -hmm. to me. I was like, it's gray and I'm good. Um, but um, I also, like, this is, like, the last thing. I watched uh, a video, like, a year or so ago by the Sideways YouTube channel talking about Sweetie Todd. <laughs> and so, like, even though I hadn't seen Sweetie Todd, I was like, oh, I'll just watch this video explaining everything. Um, and everything, really, is just the dies irae and, like, those notes. Um, which Stephen Sondheim just like worked into pretty much every leitmotif and like everything. Mm -hmm. And it's written backwards and upside down and other ways that you can rewrite stuff. Um, so yeah. I highly recommend uh, that sideways video if you want a more in-depth analysis in Sweeney Todd than what we're probably going to give you. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's my history. Um, also, I just remember why Sweeney Todd was so prevalent to me. I put Epiphany on my iPod. So it was <laughs> just there's. in the background of my life for several there's. years. When you had an iPod and those were things that you had. <laughs> Honestly, we're like super dating ourselves and I love this. Um <laughs> <laughs> I do this all the time in class. I'll say something and I'm like, ooh, I think y'all are too young <laughs> to know what I'm talking about, but okay. Anyways, let's get into it. First of all, I would like to say, when the song begins, right, just the way that, um, fuck, I forgot his name, but the way that he says London, London, kind of reminds me of like a TikTok that makes fun of like like cockney accents and like british accents in musicals um and also there are a couple of songs Pardon? anthony when anthony yes. says london okay i think it, it's when he says it i'm not sure if it's when, but i just remember hearing london and i wrote that as a note i didn't take many notes but i wrote that <laughs> um and also last thing the uh, um a thing that a TikTok that I kept being reminded of during this entire thing was um, the one, I can't remember who the creator is, 
but um, they're like, this is a Stephen Sondheim song, and they're like, family, we're just a family, and whatever, and it's just, I will find the name <laughs> during one of our breaks, and I'll, I'll let you know at the Obsessions bit, um, but yes, that I was reminded of that, and like, that that's like the first thing. Okay, <laughs> now we may begin proper. <laughs> All right. So uh, the movie came out in 2007, uh, but it is set in 1846 in London. Uh, We have a scene, well, it goes through like this opening sequence, which the background music is meant to be the opening song, but they just use the um, score of it to set the... um, against the the opening credits rather than having it be an actual part of because it's sung by uh the crowd and not by any of the main characters and they don't do much of the crowd singing things in the movie so Mm. fair enough that they kept part of it but uh it starts with anthony uh anthony hope which of course his last name is hope uh he (laughs) He is on a ship and they're going through, they're going under, I think, Tower Bridge and they're coming into London and he has uh, aspirations as a sailor, but then you see coming up right next to him is Johnny Depp, I mean, Benjamin Barker, uh, who is (laughs) Sweeney and he has based on his history with uh, the city, his own like aspirations, even though they're not necessarily good ones. Um, oh. Those are like the first, that's the first phrase. Yeah. Okay, it's both of them. Anthony goes, but there's no place like London. And then Johnny Depp says, He's, he, he goes more into the eh of the London in the second bit. It's mm-hmm. not important, but it just, I don't know why that took me out. But I was, I was laughing throughout like half of this movie, by the way. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, no, it has some though. funny bits. It has some genuinely funny bits in it. Yeah. You can't be dark I'm, all the time. That's true. But in his time away, uh, Benjamin has adopted the moniker Sweeney Todd um, and tells Anthony that, uh, well, Anthony asks if he'll see him again and he says that he'll be around Fleet Street if he needs him. So then we kind of zoom to Fleet Street where we see, I think, his old place has become a meat shop. I don't know if that's accurate, but he goes to the pie shop, um, Mrs. Lovett's Meat Pies, and she is just ecstatic to see a customer, and we get the worst pies in London. (laughs) Which is like, what a great way to sell your food, ma'am. Like, (laughs) just like, no, please stay. No, 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 no. I've got the worst place in London pies in London but still eat them I'm like no. <laughs> I don't think so I love the way that a lot of the scenes in this movie are set up 
because I'm just like, there are roaches everywhere. And I do not remember that many roaches. Yeah. But I love, I mean, okay. So to start off, I should have addressed the fact that this is a Tim Burton directed movie. And as we have learned over time, Tim Burton has a very particular aesthetic that does not involve black people, <clears throat> but you know, it <laughs> is, <laughs> listen, this is half my podcast. I will half say what I want to say. Um, I am not so, stopping you for saying. <laughs> Anyways, go on. <laughs> but for what it is, I do appreciate uh, his kind of like creepy everything is, gray and washed out like stuff like i i appreciate it for what it is he sees like a particular path and goes for it still yeah anyway um and he casts his favorites um johnny depp and he Helen. does <laughs> he really Every does single time uh, in both real life him. and animation just yep. all the time <laughs> Which, by the way, don't come for me, but when I was younger, I used to um, confuse Helena Bonham Carter, Bernadette Peters, and Patricia Quinn from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I don't know. I mean, I guess it's because they're like white ladies with like frizzy reddish hair. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Um, (laughs) Okay. But like in my mind, they were all the same person as, but like obviously... The more into musical theater I got, and the older I got, I realized these were three different human beings. So earlier, when they had just gotten in, uh, Sweeney had told Anthony the story of... Uh, well, did he tell Anthony, or did he just reminisce? I don't recall specifically. But uh, there was a story of Barbara and his wife, and their little daughter, and... After the worst pies in London, we get uh, Mrs. Lovett recognizing Sweeney as Benjamin, and then him asking about what happened to the woman who was his wife, Lucy. And we get the song Poor Thing, in which Lovett is telling him about how Lucy, who he was unsure if she succumbed to Judge Turpin, who was after her and is the entire reason why Sweeney got taken away from London in the first place on what was uh, a false charge that exiled him to do false labor somewhere. And he wasn't aware of where she was or what happened to her or his daughter. And Lovett reveals that Lucy spent a lot of the time crying and upset, uh, not knowing what to do with herself, not wanting any part of the judge's advances, until Beetle, his assistant, came and got her. And I'm essentially telling what happens in the song because it's important to the story. But he comes and gets her and essentially tricks her into coming to Judge Turpin's house where she believes that he is going to... uh, try and reconcile his misdeeds for banishing her husband but is in fact having a masquerade there where she ends up 
getting uh, uh, drunk on alcohol and I guess in her alcohol and sorrow he takes advantage of her and sexually assaults her in front of everyone um, which uh, would mess with you a lot mm. and yeah. so Sweeney of course is outraged hearing this and then asks what happens after and Lovett says that she drank arsenic Lucy drank arsenic um, in an attempt to kill herself um, and Joanna his daughter is now living with Turpin for the last 15 years that's how long it's been so yeah it's a lot to come back to poor thing poor thing it is a lot um, to like throw at an audience like 10 minutes into your movie but like also I'm like yeah I'm here for a slasher anyway so like I guess <laughs> but Sweeney now having all of this information and love it having confirmed that she is who he thinks he is she thinks that he is which despite having uh, been married to Mr. Lovett who passed away apparently she was like in love with Benjamin when he was around and still considers him to be a very beautiful man despite the unhinged look in his eyes and <laughs> oh, the it's man there. does it's not look there. well like he fully like, <laughs> does not look like he is there and she's like yes I'm through I'm like girl he looks deranged like he is God. ready to snap but she takes him up above the shop where uh a lot of his old things still are like there's still the old crib that was Joanna's is there and hidden beneath the floorboards yeah his his blades are still in a box uh that she kept wrapped up they're like silver and they're really fancy and he has like six of them but oh, no. upon the sight of them we da, 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 da. sorry <laughs> <laughs> No, I was just gonna say we get the song, my friends. <laughs> so you just you're just there. You're just ahead of I just jumped time. in. <laughs> <laughs> but it's essentially him singing about reunited with his um straight razors and you can see like they are a part of his arm. I think the line, my arm is now complete, is at the end of it. Um yeah. just the the extension of it. He seems so whole with it. And then we cut to Anthony, <laughs> who is just, you know, strolling through the town, like, just going around with his thing on his back, his his pack, and, like, he sits down on a bench and he's, like, trying to eat. And he looks up at a window, and there's a lovely young girl with, you know, wheat blonde hair and, you know, not dissimilar looking at all to the woman that we saw in the flashback to... But she is singing uh, Greenfinch and Linnet Bird, which is basically a song about her being a cage bird and uh, kind of wanting to get out of the situation that she's in. Na, 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 
She has a very sweet voice. Um, she does. She does. That song is just made for the highest of sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> no one else could ever <laughs> even try. Joanna sees him through the window as well, but she's called away before um, Anthony can like really properly engage with her. And so Anthony asks a beggar woman who is asking for alms uh, what the name of the girl is who lives there. And she says it's Joanna and she is the ward of Judge Turpin. XYZ. And then we get the song, Joanna. First we have, for a It's very minor and like, wow. Okay. Um, and then you have <laughs> Johanna. Da, 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 da. Etc. Um, I don't know if a lot of these songs will sound the same as I'm singing them. <laughs> Because I'm like, am I singing the same three notes? And I know it's like the, because the DSU is like everywhere. It's yeah. not in this song, but like. It's not. For some reason, it's like the same three notes in my head. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how much time goes by, but we next see uh, Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney out on the street. And. He spots Beetle out and about because she's taking him to a spot where they're said to be uh, the greatest barber in London currently. And I guess their plan is to drive business to Sweeney's by essentially proving him to be better. Um, so they get to the spot and we get introduced to Toby Tobias who is Pirelli's the barber, uh, Pirelli's assistant and like a crier boy. I don't remember what they're called, uh, but he's uh, singing the song Pirelli's Miracle Elixir. He is so cute. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, wow. I was like, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> I mean, I know oh, you're, like, on. scamming people, but, like, oh. <laughs> Later on, they reuse uh, parts of that melody because uh, to Toby's singing it uh, mm. to promote. It's his promotion tune, essentially. So they yep. just reuse it later on, which I yep. think is great. And also a great excuse to, like, not write a whole new song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, slight curving. Um, in the original, like, in the musical itself, the ballad of Sweeney Todd happens seven times. Yeah. Or at least when you, like, the very last thing is the ballad of Sweeney Todd reprise seven. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> How many times? Oh, I Listen. think they keep like they keep putting it in in between. Yeah. Like we just get score in the movie, but it's just like it keeps happening. Yeah. Listen, Stephen Sondheim was like, "You will take <laughs> what I give you." <laughs> Attend the tale, will... sweetie Todd. We are attending. We're here already. Wait, we've been here, <laughs> sir. <laughs> oh, anyways, 
I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, Pirelli's Miracle Elixir is denounced by uh, Todd and Lovett as uh, being pissed with ink. And this is what draws Pirelli out from behind his curtains uh, because he oh wants gosh, to know. It's Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. <laughs> yes. it That's, but he that won't. was like my reaction. I was like, hey. <laughs> I, think I watched that movie before I knew who Sasha Baron Cohen is. And then I saw him right. in Borat. And I was like, Pirelli? So it's just like, <laughs> you know. But anyway, um, he comes out because he wants to know who's talking shade about him. Honestly, I would do the same. And Sweeney essentially challenges him on the spot to a shaving contest and then asks Beetle, who is there in the crowd, to be the judge of it because apparently, you know, he's a high standing member of society. So. Pirelli and Toby, Pirelli and Toby, uh, Pirelli and Toby prepare the stage uh, for this contest. Two random individuals are called up, and Todd appears to be taking his sweet, 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 sweet time mm-hmm. as Pirelli is singing the contest song, where he's just bragging about himself throughout the entire time. And then he gets distracted time. by that. Because he yeah. goes, like, there's a bit where he's just like not shaving anymore. And he's like, and I am amazing. And I'm like, sir, you're in the middle of a contest. <laughs> he is very busy. Talking da, about himself. Da, 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 very like, I'm like, sir, I just, sir, you're losing. <laughs> like, can you see that? It's fine. He really is losing. But Todd ends up winning and the contest kind of declared him like the best barber currently. He also won like five pounds, but that wasn't important. What was important is getting a drive uh, to business uh, to his place. So Beetle says that he would be coming to the shop, I think, before the week is out. So Todd, by Tuesday, (laughs) is impatiently waiting for this man to arrive at his place of business. He's like he said he was going to be before the week is out. Like, where is he? And (laughs) love it. (laughs) Love it has to sing to him, wait. Because it's just like, listen, it's not that serious. Like you just, I understand that you're really particular about this happening right now, and you want revenge on all of these people. But, uh, ooh. I mean, fair though. Like, <laughs> oh right. Da 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 da. Etc. First of all, I don't know if we acknowledge Alan Rickman is the judge. Second of all, <laughs> I spent. A considerable amount of time trying to figure out who Beetle was without having to look him up. And I was like, he was a rat uh-huh. in something. <laughs> I was like, I know he was a rat. He was Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to like, I eventually had to look it up, but I was like, I know he was a rat. 
so there we go. Timothy Spall, yeah. A little bit of Harry Potter for y'all. Immediately prior to this song, uh, we had a little minor scene where I also forgot to mention that as soon as Anthony, while he was singing Joanna, <laughs> he got beat up by by um by Turpin. Like completely forgot to mention that. Like <laughs> Turpin saw him looking at Joanna, um, like just on the street, like not doing anything actually, and was just like, "Don't even look at her. I'm gonna beat your face in." Yeah. Um. So I'm just like, possessive, TM. I mean, but. like, also possessive over a woman that has almost nothing to do with you other than the fact that you, like, kidnapped her and her mother earlier. He, Anthony, had briefly uh, gone back to see Joanna because, of course, he did. And she threw a key out the window at him, which Turpin saw happen because he has a peephole behind a painting into her room um <clears throat> but Im- Im- immediately after this uh antony went to todd who this is now taking place just after wait happened and revealed that this girl in this window and she must want him to do something for her because she threw the key out you know this is a sign for joanna and sweeney's like joanna but like in his head and they're like yes but his ward is judge turpin and then he knows it's his joanna yep. for certain which by the way you didn't just rename her like she was young enough i think for you to just call her something else in order to just go on with that name anyways i always find I, it strange when people don't change specific details that are identifiable like mm-hmm. sorry slight tangent freaking tangled Mother Gothel does not change her birthday. And I'm like, girl, like, a lot could have been avoided if you didn't let her birthday be the same day. Especially when you saw, like, from, like, a very young age, obviously, they were doing those lantern things every year on Mm -hmm. that day. If you made her birthday, like, six months later or earlier, she would just know them as lanterns that go up sometimes you know anyways that's my little uh rant (laughs) (laughs) that'll probably come back if we ever get retangled um anyways so joanna joanna yes joanna um so todd uh allows him to because uh anthony wants to bring joanna there if she wants him to get her and Lovett is like, oh yeah, sure, bring her here. And Todd agrees because his brain is imploding at the thought of his daughter coming there so quickly. And it's it's like fate is aligning for him a bit now mm-hmm. because eventually Beetle will come there and then eventually the, he will have the judge and then he will have his Joanna and even though he doesn't have Lucy because Lucy is did um he'll have his daughter and that will mean something mm-hmm. but then pirelli arrives <laughs> and yep. this is this is honestly if pirelli never came there i think this this film would have been over in the first act mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but you know 
this is this is how it goes. So Pirelli arrives and we learn that after Toby is sent to have a meat pie with Lovett, he is not actually Italian. His name is David, Davy rather, and he used to be just a sweeping boy in Todd's establishment back when he was Benjamin. And while he did not recognize Todd's face immediately because, you know, I'm guessing 15 years of labor does something to you, it, um, he recognized the straight razors. That is what he recognized, which I mean, they are very nice. So he came essentially to blackmail Sweeney into giving him half his earnings or else he would go running and telling everyone that he was actually Benjamin Barker. And Todd does not take to that well. And the tea kettle (laughs) with his... With his, with his rising, heightened uh, mental uh, aggravation, the, the kettle goes off and he just thwacks. He does a beating to... <laughs> like, you know people are gonna die, but when he dies, you're... Like, I don't know. For me, I was like, oh my god. And then I was like, right, right, right. I'm watching... A whole movie about people dying. So, like, but like, I, it just like shocked me for a second. I was like, "Whoa, okay, okay, coming in hot, like coming in very strong." Pirelli uh, does not die though, and Lovett is doing a fine job, like covering up, I guess. But Toby remembers that Pirelli has somewhere to be. He has to go to a tailor, so he goes upstairs. He runs upstairs, and Todd by this time has some reason picked him up and put him in the trunk but has left his fingers out he just didn't notice the fingers and he manages to subtly send toby back down with a promise of a gin from miss lovett as he then like fully kills uh david uh, and keeps him in the trunk toby continues to drink the gin as lovett comes up and checks on Todd, what Todd's doing, and like, where's Pirelli? He's been gone for a while. <laughs> and she, and he's just like, he won't be coming back. And then just put, like, looks at the trunk, and she's like, why did you kill him? You didn't do anything wrong. And he's like, he's gonna blackmail me. He's like, oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, because, oh, that's perfectly you know, reasonable. <laughs> and then she takes his, like, little God. money purse thing. Um, yeah, stuffs it in her bosom. Then we cut to the judge. Oh my god. So we cut to um, the judge who is in the process of sentencing someone. Um, it's like twice you have appeared before the court and you will be hanged until death. May God have mercy on your soul. And it's a young boy. It's like a boy boy. Like it's so we get to kind of see like how merciless he is as like a person because he has no mercy for children like no one deserves that really as a child Mm -hmm. but as they're exiting he tells uh beetle his assistant that he plans to marry joanna but joanna did not seem immediately receptive to his advances 
and Beetle says that it's because he doesn't look great, essentially. Um, it's a little song. I think it's ladies with their sensitivities. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like a bit. It's like... Also, Alan Rickman's voice is just... I would... Oh my gosh. I would listen to 10 audiobooks. Um, <laughs> just like... Just wow. Anyways, continue. <laughs> this is, I think, happening simultaneously with the previous uh, scene that we discussed. And... He decides to go immediately to the barbers where Sweeney is. So now it's his time. Sweeney still has blood on his shirt from killing Pirelli. But he just quickly dons a jacket, sending Lovett uh, out. And the judge comes in. And they start to sing Pretty Women in tandem with each other because the judge is so ecstatic about, you know, his joy about marrying his young ward and, you know, all of this. And so in the actual play, there is a song that they left out of the movie and I'm kind of glad that they did because it's such a... When I saw the... It happens before this. It would kind of be... I think around the scene where you see him peeping through the um it it, it wouldn't be so do you know you know like hellfire yeah in um it's it's that kind Hunchback. of song but okay. like yeah it's 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 that kind it it, it it gives that kind of emotion when you listen to it and you're just like ew sir go away <laughs> um fair enough but yes, pretty women. Yes. I mean, I think yes. it's very similar to ladies and their sensitivity. Also, when he's like ba ba da ba ba da ba 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 ing as he's being shaved, mm-hmm. like as like Sweetie's like shaving, I'm like, sir, you are gonna get cut. Like, not even <laughs> like in a murder like murderous way, but like he's move. I don't know. I was like, sir, you need to chill. <laughs> you need to relax. It's fine because Sweeney doesn't even get as close as he really wants to get. Um, because fucking Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> Anthony just. Anthony doesn't knock. Anthony just bursts in all of the time. <laughs> He's just, Miss Todd Joanna's gonna elope with me while Turpin is right there. And it just sets Turpin off. He's like, how dare you? And then to Sweeney, now I know what kind of company you keep. You won't be seeing me around here anymore. And Sweeney is just, he was so close. Yep. Incense. And Anthony, <laughs> Anthony's like, Mr. Todd, help me. And you can just see the light, the, the, the small flickering flame of life that's still in his eyes dying. <laughs> he's he's just so angry and epiphany starts and it's just you know because we had wait not two songs ago and we tried to bring it back but it's just it's gone now 
There is no more patience. Listen, the... Easy now, hush love hush, I'll keep telling you when. The the bass that drops in on his when <laughs> is my favorite part in this entire musical. I will listen to that specific thing happen so many times. It's so good. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I'm calm. I'm good. <laughs> oh, right. This is like when he's like, I'm done with humans. <laughs> they all deserve to die. I'm like, woo. I don't know how we reached this conclusion specifically. Um, I know a couple people done your own, but all, all humans? Sir. Anyways, he's, he's in his, he's in his <laughs> moment. He's lost everything. He is at the, at the, he was already on the edge when he arrived in London. Now he's just like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. I love the visualization of it. Like, he's going through London and like waving his blades around at people. And then we cut back at the end of the song and he's just inside the barber shop, just on his knees. Looking yep. up at the thing, and love is like, "Well, that's very nice, dear, but." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh man, um, she's great. I love it. I love Miss Lovett. She, it, it really, really, truly, she wants to know what they're gonna do with Pirelli, because now they have little boy down there who. He kind of belonged to, like, he was he was from the workhouse, but he kind of doesn't have a job now. And I think Lovett manages to convince Todd to let the boy live because she wants him to help around the shop. Yeah. And she takes him down because he's, like, completely not really there anymore. And she starts to come up with, I think they look at some, like, grinders across the street i'm not sure what it is it was kind of uh, pixelated for me but <laughs> they look across the street and she just gets the idea to put him into meat pies put put him because meat is expensive and todd takes a moment before getting what she's coming where she's coming from and we go into the song a little priest Cause she's like, it's such a shame. Like it's a, little, <laughs> it's a bit of a waste, you know, this whole body and everything. <laughs> um, but like the, the tune goes back to like the, ba da bum, ba da 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 da, which I think is the worst pies in London song. It is. Maybe. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So it's like <laughs> basically that, um, and then they like go on this like um, little cute moment where they're romanticizing the idea of cannibalism, and they're like, "Ooh, how about a little bit of a priest? Ooh, what about what about an art like a poet or whatever?" And what, they're just like going back and forth. It's very clever, and I like it. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So while they're doing this fantasizing and romanticizing, Turpin is back 
and he catches Joanna in the act of packing to run away with Antony. And he's has a brief he has a brief conversation with her where he's like uh where she's like, you know, a lady uh a gentleman knocks before entering a lady's room and he's like, I see no lady here and um said I don't want to see you anymore. It's like I think it's for the best. Um <laughs> that you get sent to asylum because that's the best place. Like, if I can't have you, then I'll just send you there to Bedlam. And it does. And I love that there's a moment where Anthony sees Joanna getting pushed into the carriage and he runs up on it. It's like, you tell me where you're taking her and judges like, or what, you'll kill me? Well, here I am. <laughs> it's just Alan just on a step just like arms open it's like kill me what no goodbye <laughs> um, oh man yeah. Anthony is just wandering around looking for Joanna now meanwhile we have an extension of Joanna reprise into Sweeney because Sweeney has been building his uh contraption that is going to let him kill people and then send them down to Mrs. Lovett's bakehouse. And he is also singing a version of Joanna, but it's a version of Joanna where he's kind of letting go of her. Like he's letting his decision to have revenge and keep killing these people to, to be the thing that motivates him rather than his potential reuniting with the daughter that he never really got to know. Yeah. Which is sad. Because again, I think, I think if (laughs) it's always the case where if that one thing didn't happen, then it would have been so different. If Anthony just knew how to knock sometimes, Mm -hmm. then it would have been over because Todd would have killed he would have killed the judge. He would have like end end of life. Yeah. And then there would have been nothing prohibiting him from getting Joanna. And then Joanna would have met Sweeney, who may or may not have told her that he was her father. But I don't know his state of mind. But it probably would have been better. And it's just it just devolves so much and everything gets so ruined so quickly. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, well, yes. After that, we get the revelation that the pie shop is making bank because with uh, Toby as her assistant and all this fresh meat that she suddenly has, Mrs. Lovett is doing really, really well. We have the song, um, God, that's good to just tell us how well she's doing. And yeah, it's, it's great. Like I said, it's, it's Toby's promotion song mixed Mm. in with, uh, a bit of Lovett's interworkings there. Da, 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 
and then like kick the woman up or whatever every now and again um because the beggar lady is like <laughs> like this woman's a witch <laughs> and like like the, the stench I mean, and like not... the fire or whatever the um not fire what's it the smoke and whatever the smoke this woman i don't trust her uh poor poor woman <laughs> and like she keeps really, trying to come really in poor woman. and Ms. Love is like uh-uh no no get her out of here and i was like this poor lady just give her a pie <laughs> just you wait <laughs> eventually um anthony finds out where uh Joanna's being kept it takes a little bit having the success with the pie shop uh, love it takes sweetie on a picnic and she like Toby's there as well and she's just like oh Mr. Todd you know everything's going so well right now for us and I just want you to know all of these plans I have for us and our future together (laughs) and he's just like "Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) okay he's like fully just like so zoned out and like responding to her yes um and she's like, oh, you know what I would do? Like, what we should do? And he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and she has this whole fantasy that, like, even in her own fantasy, he is very unenthused. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Because <laughs> she knows him no other way. Like, she has the romanticized version of him that she loved for, like, the past 15 years. And then she has the actuality of him who is very, like, non-responsive. And so in her fantasy, she can't be, she can't visualize him any other way. I adore it. (laughs) And he's, like, there's um, the bit when they're literally on the beach. (laughs) It just, it looks, he looks like a zombie. And she's just like, isn't this lovely? Like even her marriage, like even their wedding in her fantasy, he's he doesn't even say I do. He just kind of like shrugs and nods. <laughs> Amazing, honestly. Oh God. Down by the sea. Yeah. Yes. It's after this fantasy, we get the kind of revelation that Todd is still unsatisfied with the circumstances like he's still looking out he's still waiting for his opportunity to have his vengeance to have what he came there for and Anthony ever present comes and reveals that he has found out where Joanna is being kept which is Bedlam uh, where she's locked up and Todd immediately knows what to do because he knows that the wig makers get their hair from women in the asylum. That is where they get the hair from their wigs. And he's going to set Anthony up as an assistant to a wig maker to get him in 
so he can get Joanna out. Brilliant. Yep. <laughs> he oh, we're Sweeney. 30. Oh, we're at 30. Okay. Yeah. So with this new plan, <laughs> we now have Sweeney who is ecstatic because now he's got the judge because he's going to write a letter. He writes the letter informing, we don't get to see it very much, but it's basically informing the judge about the plot and how Joanna is going to be there at his establishment. And he hopes to get on the judge's better side with this information and to bring the judge there. That is his end goal is to get the judge in his place. He gets Toby to deliver the letter and things start to go a little downhill from here because Toby is suspect of Todd because of just because of how he is because Toby Toby I think Toby knows crazy by now and (laughs) he like he sees it in Todd a little bit Mm. after he's like told specifically to go and deliver the letter to Turpin. Yeah. And Toby, not knowing how to properly voice it, uh, goes to tell Mrs. Lovett about kind of how Todd is, but by singing uh, that nothing's going to harm her while he's around because there are demons about. Uh, yeah. Nothing's gonna harm you. Not while I'm around. I could not help but hear, I guess this is goodbye, old pal. You've been a <laughs> And there's another bit I mean... that like also reminded me of Jack, Jack, Jack. Da 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 da. And I don't know if it's just because it's the accents and like the placement of the voices, but like just because it's Sondheim and he only knows how to do mother child with those kinds of notes. Yep. Um, So yeah, I just like I heard it and I was just like, why am I singing into the woods right now? I mean, he might have done it intentionally. Like, we know that people, like, uh, like to do that. Like, just hide bits in their in their music. Like, he might have done that intentionally. And yeah. just to be like, here is, here is something that sounds kind of similar to something that I did before. But it's different enough that if you hear it for the first time, you won't question it. But, you know, if you like my stuff, then it might remind you. Yeah. Uh... I mean, I, mean, I would it, do that. It could all the be time. like a thing where he's like, I'm a, like for those who are in the know, I'm establishing this mother son relationship. Um, yes. Or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but it's it it's it's good to bring that up actually because we can see, like, it's establishing a mother son relationship, but it's not one sided. But it is twisted because despite Lovett feeling potentially genuinely motherly affection for Toby, it does not outweigh the love that she feels for Todd. 
So rather than having it be to kind of the height of what Jack and his mother was in Into the Woods, it's just a little, a little different. Yeah. And And the difference is important. I mean, she realizes very quickly what it is that Toby's hinting at. Um, and is like trying to like divert the conversation in a a little bit like okay enough of that now Um, she takes out the thing the purse from her bosom and is like go buy us some things and he's like that is that senor whatever Corelli's um, purse thing and she's like no don't be silly Todd bought this for me for my birthday not not realizing that that would also that would be like another clue for this child to be like and he is the murderer of course i knew it (laughs) um (laughs) um, but then yeah she like lulls him and is like okay what if i you know how you always like want to come to the bakehouse let's do it so they go down into the bakehouse and she shows him around how to do different tasks like she's portraying it like these are tasks that I'm going to have you do. And then she locks him in there. Yep. Full intending to go and tell Todd about him and have him do some murder on this small boy child. Yeah. Uh, But they're interrupted by Beetle arriving. Beetle has had complaints about the smell from the pie shop because I'm guessing that burning human has a particular smell to it, you know. <laughs> also, I, I love realizing that Helena Bonham Carter has been in two movies where <laughs> human flesh being like melted is a part of it. Like what other movie? Fight Club. She's in Fight Club where they turn people into. Oh, soap. okay, got it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like. Oh, one movie they turn people into soap and this one's just eating people. Love it. Love it. Love it. Beetle wants to see the the big house, which you can't because he's gonna see all the people bits, you know. Todd takes it upon himself to distract Beetle to try get him to come up to and it takes a bit of maneuvering, but eventually he does get Beetle to go up to his barber shop. <sighs> Toby. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention that during this time, uh, Anthony went as planned to Bedlam, to the asylum, to go and get Joanna out. He does manage to, after identifying her, uh, he pulls a gun on the attending uh, who was going to cut a, cut her hair off at his request. And then... The attending is just so I think in the play uh, he is shot by Joanna, but they just leave the um, the other girls there to just fully like maul him to death. Yeah. You know, so that's that's better than the gunshot. Yeah, I guess. Toby, meanwhile, is down because Lovett said that he could have as many meat pies as he want. So he's having a pie, you know. Just nicely. Mm-mm. And he notices something. It's just a little, little chunk or something. Mm-hmm. And he pulls it out and it's like a toe. It's like a toe. 
So he starts looking around, like really, really looking around this big house. And there are like skeleton bones, like human torso skeleton bones with like spinal columns. And he looks in the grinder and there's just people pieces. Like he pulls out like a half desiccated hand and it's just <laughs> your face. I'm just so upset that he found the, the toe in the pie. I'm very upset at that. Um, I thought it was a bone. I, I was like, oh, yes, a bone. Um, but it's a whole fucking toe. I'm like, how did you... How did this get through? It just... It just didn't get ground up. That's all, you know. Only piece of human that was discovered, I presume, because other people would have said something if they found like a a piece of a body in their food in the middle of a restaurant, you know. I would, I would presume, yeah. Yeah, so like it's just upsetting. I was just like, a whole tub. <laughs> Anyways, yes, he finds these things. He does, he, he does find these things. Afterwards, Lovett and Todd come down to, like, you know, take care of Toby. But Toby is nowhere to be seen. Toby oh, right. has... Because um, Beetle... Skid- this is, like, right after... Yeah. Um, yeah. Sweeney kills Beetle and, like, sends him down. And Toby gets his full-on confirmation when a body yep. comes plummeting down <laughs> in front of him. And he's like, ooh, okay. Confirmed. Gotta go. Yeah. He tries to leave, but realizes that he's locked in, and is like, "Oh, oh God!" So when Lovett and Todd arrive, he's nowhere to be seen. He's just gone, and they go down into the sewers proper to try to see, find where he is. Todd holding on to the blade the whole time, but they don't find him. They don't find him immediately, and. Anthony and Joanna, Joanna disguised as a young man, arrive. Joanna is, she, he tells her to wait there because uh, Mr. Todd will be there, apparently. And Anthony's going to go and get the horses. And Judge Turpin arrives. It all just starts conflating at once mm-hmm. judge turpin arrives and todd is there and he's just like this is my moment to have it um because todd tells him that joanna has changed her mind she's seen the error of her ways she wants to marry turpin now but she's not here yet so he should get shaved you know cleaned up so that he Oh, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I skipped over a very important part. <laughs> and that is the part that the beggar woman came up looking for Oh Beetle. my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot believe I forgot that. That is important. Because she saw Beetle come up the stairs, was watching. And she came up looking for Beetle. And Beetle wasn't there. And Todd returns after looking for Toby and sees her there. That is why Joanna hid in the trunk, because the beggar woman came up the stairs. Yeah. And 
Todd. But she's just like kills trying her. to like explain. <laughs> well, yes, but she yeah. also is like um, trying to like be like, "Yo, dude, that lady, she's a fucking witch." Um, like she's still kind of unaware of there's something of Todd's there's involvement something. in all of this. Yeah. Um, and like for a second, she's like, "Do I know you?" And he's like, "Absolutely not. Dead." <laughs> Kills her and sends her through the trap door. Yep. And then Turpin arrives and everything I just explained happens. <laughs> Todd Which... offers him a free shave. Yep. God. Yeah. Which, by the and way, because then... we're like at about 18 minutes to the end. Um, yeah. And I was like looking at the time and I was like, I swear. Swear to God, Sondheim, <laughs> if he does not get murdered, I will lose <laughs> my shit. <laughs> I was like, I need that catharsis. Like, I'm begging you, please do not let this man come in and then leave again because I will lose it. Oh, but thank God. <laughs> it's murdered. <laughs> We have a brief reprise of Pretty Women where Todd reveals himself as Benjamin Barker before shik shik shik, you know, just in the th- like doesn't even split it like the rest. Just make sure it's like as slow yeah. as possible. Just stabs him in like the jugular and then sends him down to the bakehouse. And Joanna <laughs> Joanna's like, what is happening out there? And she peeks the the she peeks the, the trunk open and Todd, who's like covered in blood, just like head to toe, just sprayed yeah. with the arterial blood of Turpin, just <laughs> turns to her and is like, Have you come for a shave? Like he was just singing, like, rest now, my friends. Rest <laughs> sleep. The angel sleep or whatever and then he turns around and just like picks it back up immediately it's like you wanna die (laughs) but then he's like but then um Lovett screams and he's like forget my face and then he goes downstairs Lovett screams because Turpin is still alive and was like clinging to her and she has a moment to recognize that there's a woman here and the woman who that woman is and she's like you before Todd arrives and he's like why did you scream and she's like half like trying to drag the woman into the fire before he gets here it's like just open the door I'll do it yep and the light of the furnace lights onto the woman's face and I'm guessing like he slept beside Lucy enough to know what it looks like her relaxed leaf. like I think he would just have like that core that memory maybe yeah and he sees her face half covered by her hair and it is enough for him to pause and take her face and turn it into the light and realize who she is the entire time it was 
Lucy. Dun, dun, his dun. wife. His... Twist! <laughs> that was the big woman. Who is this? M. Night Shyamalan? We don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Sondheim. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And he realizes that Mrs. Lovett, who I don't know if he ever like trusted her, but he definitely depended on her being like a part of his actions. Yeah. Um he realizes that she fully like lied to him and he's she says like I said that she poisoned herself but I never said that she died. And I'm just like, you know the mm. implication. Yep. Of saying that someone took arsenic. Like, you know what that implies. There yep. was no way for him to know that that's not what you meant. Yep. And, and she's like, I did it for you. Like, I was trying to protect you or whatever. And I'm like, bitch, nothing you say is going to change whatever the fuck he's about to do. And you know it. <laughs> But, like, then he, like, kind of almost deceives her, where he's just, like, in his rage and insanity is waltzing with her. Um, and I feel like she, like, a little bit starts to, like, relax in her mind. She does. But nope. <laughs> she gets thrown into the furnace. <laughs> yep. He dances her right into death's arms, fiery death, and he watches her burn for like a little bit, just, you know, as she like screams, it's a whole thing. And I'm just like, they really did not, yep. they, they spent that special effects budget on burning, <laughs> burning Helena Balam card. <laughs> yep. Like, goodness. Yep. But yeah, he, he closes the door on her and uh, he goes and he cradles Lucy in his arms, singing about the barber and his wife. Toby comes up from the sewer finally and picks up the razor that Sweeney dropped in his grief, his renewed grief. Mm. And there's a moment where... Sweeney stops singing and just sort of looks out and up kind of expectantly. Yeah. Like he knows that Toby is there and he knows that about to Toby come. doesn't trust him. Um, and he doesn't resist it in any way. Cause I guess his life is over now for the second time, but it's yeah. at his own hands. So yeah. he just allows Toby to kill him, slit his throat, and Toby does so with deafness. And yeah. then the movie is over. <laughs> as as yes. as Todd like just bleeds all over the dead body of Joanna, you know. Yeah. I was completely certain that there was an extra scene that was like Joanna and Anthony getting aboard a ship like Anthony goes back and gets Joanna but I think that might be in the extended cut but yeah that's that's Sweeney Todd yeah, Demon Barbara Fleet Street revenge. Oh, mm -hmm. you love that for us. 
it's time for our ratings. Ooh. As we always do, I guess you can start off with music and choreography. Um, there was no choreography. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't. There wasn't. So that's kind of out of the running right now. Music, though. So you know how I just, I, I spent like a good like minute and a half in the middle of this talking about that, that, that drop in the middle of Epiphany. Epiphany, I think, is one of the greatest songs <laughs> in a musical. Like just the culmination of themes that it is. And it's so dark and it's just... A man's absolute descent into <laughs> his like need for revenge and his like desires and madness just ah oh, I love it <sighs> but I think like cohesively on a whole this like and Yes, I know the DS era is everywhere in this mm. musical. There have been countless articles about it. But you don't notice it at first. Like, you notice it in the songs where it's most prevalent. But then when you, like, get to know a bit more about the musicality of it and how much it is involved everywhere and... Just how much of a nerd Sondheim was being when he was just like this thing all the time. Upside down and backwards and forwards. Little changes in the whole this is what the musical is. It is about this part of the D.A.C.D. These four notes. Thank you very much. Pay me money. (laughs) It's just (laughs) I love it. Um, I I really enjoy the score of Sweeney Todd, except for like Greenfinch and Little Bird. But you know, like on a whole, <laughs> it's not my. Fa- it's because it's so high. Honestly, I think it's just like it's such a, it's such a song that just happens, and then it's like Greenfinch and Little Bird. Like, okay, all right, Joanna. You are you are a plot device. You're not even a person in this musical. You are a plot True device. That. True that. <laughs> um, and I think that's why I don't like her character because she doesn't really have one, except for being there to be looked daughter upon, and, and the then interest. yeah. Like, compared to Lovett, who plays, like, such an active role and is, like, actively manipulative and actively, like, moving the story along with her actions. <sighs> Joanna could have had better, but I don't know how. Because I didn't write this story. <sighs> anyway, um, so, right, uh, rating it, I'm going to give it four meat pies four to five meat pies okay cool um yeah i like the the music i also very much enjoy that 
Sondheim, um, I think he also said this somewhere where he's like, you get a thing and then you reverse it and you make it upside down and you make it major and you make it minor. You put the thing down, flip it and reverse it. Um, and, <laughs> and like, there you go. You have your, your musical basically. Um, it's great. I think, um, it's smart. It's, uh, effective in that like you unconsciously associate like certain things with other things. Um, and like, I guess if you're fairly familiar with uh, musicals where people die, you probably have, like you probably have like a subconscious like thing in your head when you hear the Diacita. Um, Cause I can't imagine you knowing it otherwise, to be honest, but, um, you know, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you listen to Rent, I mean, oh, people die in Rent, I guess. <laughs> yes, um, they do. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, if you, like, you could probably associate some kind of death with it. And I think, again, Sondheim probably said something along those lines before. Um, I don't know. One of the interviews. <laughs> Go hunting. Um, but yeah, I think it's really, I like it. It's very Sondheim um, in that like there's sometimes really strange time signatures and like, but like it feels very purposeful in a Sondheim musical, whereas uh, not to trash the man, <laughs> but whereas in Andrew Lloyd Webber um, musicals, it just kind of feels like it's there because <laughs> it is, um, you know. But yeah, I enjoy it, and therefore I shall give the music um, for pies as well. I shall give it for cannibalistic human meat pies as well. <laughs> All right, and now for story, it does it well. I mean, again, apart from Joanna just being like a motivating plot device, but not, I think it's because she's not a plot device for the main characters. Anthony is a side character and his story, it's his story. It's not Joanna's story. Joanna doesn't, get much of a story without the men around her and I think that's why she bothers me and it's not even her fault that she bothers me (laughs) it's that she wasn't written to be anything other than the one that gets rescued yeah and I hate that for her (laughs) yeah um, but for the rest of the story, I really enjoy. It. <laughs> like it's so it's such a it's such a, a thing. Like I don't know if he came up with the idea of the cannibal meat pies, but it's such like a it's such a thing to decide to put on stage. Yeah, just like we're gonna have this show, and in it, it is about revenge and cannibalism (laughs) i was like okay okay 
all right we're we're just if we're taking it we're just taking it to the end mm-hmm. we're not settling in the middle it's just like ooh. that is great for that it's like made a lasting impact because of the choices that have been made um sweeney's story from his i mean it's the classic thing of like using uh quote unquote dead woman to fuel a man's uh, motivation for the entire story right but my the the character that is the standout for me is not Todd but love it because she has no other motivation except for the potential love that she might gain from this man and she does everything <laughs> to to ensure that he's gonna say he's she's gonna lie to him about like what fully happened she's going to try to make him happy she's going to include him in her happiness fantasies and then she's gonna die because of it great (laughs) awesome love it i cannot stop saying (laughs) love it yeah um I don't know. I just her her plot line, her through line in the musical, even though she doesn't come in uh until like the third song, is just she's so important, she's so motivating, and I love that for her. So I think for story, I'm going to give it a good four point two five miracle elixirs. Because it did the trick, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, I am not, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised. Um, <laughs> I am, um, I don't know, pleased um, that like I, we, I had this opportunity to watch Sweeney Todd. I don't think I would have otherwise, like I, I don't think I would have had like the, idea or motivation to seek it out um so i'm very glad that i was able to give it a second chance um because it's so great um like as unhinged as he is um he's a little bit sympathetic and that like his whole life was turned upside down simply because some gross man uh coveted his wife you know um, and that fucking sucks for him. Um, so, like, I don't know. I also really enjoyed just, like, you don't know what he's going to do next and when he's going to, like, burst out and just, like, start actually slashing everybody on the street, you know? Um, and that's fun. And I love love it as well. She's so great. She is so funny and, like, yeah, she's just so cool. I mean, not really, because she fucking lies to this man about his wife. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, you know, manipulates him. But, like, I really like her. Uh, she's great. Um, a slightly naive, somehow, in that she fully thought that, like, this would work forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that. But... Um, great story uh i'm so sad for little toby i have no idea what's gonna happen to him 
Uh, we just never know. Um, is he going to go into a full, like, a full descent into madness now? He's murdered a man, you know. He's seen a bunch of dead bodies in one night. Um, and, like, he, it's not like he came from, like, super comfortable, um, uh, like, a, from a super comfortable, like, home life prior to this. Uh, so, like... Yeah, so the workhouse. Exactly. So it's, like, I don't know what's going on. I, like, I'm sad for him because I'm, like... I want to know what happens to Toby. I don't really care too much about what happens to Jana and Anthony. They're in love, whatever. Um, I also do feel bad about her having absolutely nothing to do but exist um, and just be dragged from place to place by different men. Um, that fucking sucks for her. But uh, yeah, still a great story. And I still very much enjoyed it. Um. Yeah, bring on the murder. Uh, so I will give it. I will give it four um elixirs. Yeah. And now overall enjoyment, it's already been mentioned. I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> I. It's one of it. It's kind of. It's not formative because I was already kind of past my like base formative years when it came out, but it's still really so special to me. Uh, <laughs> just existing as a musical and it being a horror musical because there are some that exist that aren't good. Mm-hmm. And it's so well done that it just sets a really high standard for like any <laughs> horror musicals that try to like fall you, you will be compared to Sweeney Todd if you do a horror musical, like if there's right. a musical about murder. And it's so it's so good. Um I don't know. Overall enjoyment, I'd give it... God, I don't know. I think it's just 4.25 straight razors. Cool. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. There's this, like, one shot that, like, I keep thinking about. Um, it's, like, at By the Sea... And, like, it's the end of it where they sort of, like, we see them from, like, the back while they're still at the beach and, like, from the top. And as we're, like, sort of curving over their bodies to come see them from to the front, we get back to where they actually were with the picnic. And I thought that was really cool. And that's just, like, replaying in my mind forever now. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but, you know, that's great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I do th <laughs> agree about, like, I mean, to be fair, I hadn't seen Sweeney before we watched, like, Stage Fright or whatever, so I wouldn't have held it to the same uh, standard. <laughs> However, you know, Sweeney did exactly what I hoped Stage Fright would do, um, and it was just, like, great with like like you know and the music is great and the story was 
well thought out and like how it all happens is great. Um, so, you know, again, I don't want to say like pleasantly surprised because that's like, girl, what are you talking about? It's Sondheim. But I was, I, <laughs> I very much did like enjoy it having not really given it a chance before. Um, so yeah, I will give it uh, fours ac- across the board, four razors. Now is the time for our obsessions, time for our obsessions, as you know. Yes, it is time for our obsessions, time for our obsessions, so here we go. Oh. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I don't really have an obsession, what's new? Uh, I swear it's probably because of me that this segment is going to end up getting renamed one day, but <laughs> uh, I just wanted to bring up that uh, the cast of six is trying to do a Guinness World Record. I didn't mention it beforehand because the deadline was up in February, but they re-extended the deadline. They're trying to get as many people to record uh, the song, uh, a song from The Greatest Showman as they can um, to compile it into one video recording. And the new deadline is now the 31st of March. So if you want to be included, uh, there's time to do that. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast at the appropriate time, otherwise it will not matter. (laughs) So uh, that is all I think I wanted to share. How about you? Um, Okay, so... It's like barely an obsession, (laughs) but The Queen's Gambit is getting a musical adaptation, which, okay, girl, (laughs) go off, I guess. Um, I know like chess is already a musical that exists, and so I guess chess can be made into a musical. I don't know. Maybe it'll be like a pleasant surprise, kind of like the show was, because I fully did not anticipate um, enjoying a whole six hours or whatever however long that is um of like a woman playing chess you know um it was just like really great Mm -hmm. storytelling and really great like um cinematography I don't know what the book is like or whatever so I don't (laughs) so I don't know how great the storytelling is from that perspective so I don't know again uh whether or not the musical itself will live up to the sort of place where we've put Queen's Gambit at this point. Um, I'm interested to see what happens. It's very, like, I don't know. I think I'm reaching sort of my peak a little bit with the making of musicals of things that are, like, really hot right now kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I absolutely understand the impulse as like a producer or whatever, as a money person, I understand the impulse of being like, this is very popular and very like recently popular things have gained sort of musical traction. Um, Let's hop on the next thing and keep the trend going kind of thing. Um, But I'm like, I'm like, I don't, 
I don't care anymore, man. Write a new story. I need to see new things. Um, but whatever. Anyways, the thing that is tangentially related to that that I really, really enjoyed is um, Rocky Rocky's Road <laughs> video of like a Taylor Swift song, like a Taylor Swift style song um, of the Queen's Gambit. It's really great. It's very, like, I don't know. I think Rocky's Road on TikTok is so good at making these songs and shit. Um, this is, of course, the creator who gave us I'm an accountant. I'm an accountant. You know, great times. <laughs> we love that song. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the two TikToks that I mentioned earlier about that I couldn't, like, that, like, crept into my mind as I started watching Sweeney. Um, the one is by Chopped Liva. So like Chopped and then L-I-E-A. Um, the that song. Um, and it's the same creator that brought us um, Cause I'm a lesbian. And you know, those songs from that, I think it's a, it was a Twitter video at the time. Um, the sort of like speaking into song in musicals. Um, I'm going to move to Boston with my cousin. I actually don't remember most of them. Anyways, but it's a great video. <laughs> uh, great creator. That's the every Sondheim song thing. And then the British accent thing <laughs> was Simon henna scenes oh that's smart i didn't i hadn't read okay anyway his name is simon hennessy but on but his like at is simon h-e-n-n-e-s-c-e-n-e-s and he has like a couple other um tiktoks that sort of uh parody or pastiche uh, musicals and like how they're written or whatever um, I don't know. Great creators, great TikToks. I very much enjoy. Uh, so <laughs> go off and yeah, dip into that. Um, I don't think there's anything else. In the Heights has a release date. Uh, I think it's the 18th of June now. I mean, we knew it was coming out this year, but just wasn't, I, I yeah. personally, I wasn't sure. Um, when it was coming out, but um, I saw an Instagram earlier that's like June 18th or something like that. And I'm like, oh, great. Now we need to wait to see. I think they just see. recently celebrated 13 years since the stage show. Oh, wow. Cool. We love that for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And then I have, we have no idea yet of the West Side Story remake, um, when that's coming out date-wise. Uh, we'll wait with bated breath, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I guess, brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're still going to be fully immersed in some murder in the next episode. Uh, I'm tentatively excited to see what happens in that one um, <laughs> I have been talking about it 
four literal years. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is recorded evidence of you introducing me <laughs> to it. So <laughs> it is somewhere oh on God. our list of things. Um, so yeah, again, thank you for listening. You can follow us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at TMMTMM podcast. Usually if like we're not going to be releasing an episode, I tend to put it on our Twitter um, and when we have released an episode, I tend to put it on our Instagram. So that's how you keep up. Um, we have a Tumblr, so you can follow us there if that is something you choose to do at tellmemoretellmemorepodcast.tumblr.com. You can email us about whatever, um, musical theater related or our podcast related, if that's, again, it's something you want to do uh that's it tell me more tell me more podcast at gmail.com we have our favorite songs and playlists if you type in tell me more tell me more podcast just kidding if you type in tmm tmm podcast on spotify and you go to the profile and not the podcast you will find playlists with our favorite songs we do have a patreon where we are still planning to post some things so you can <laughs> keep up on that to figure out when it is that we do post stuff um at patreon.com forward slash tmm podcast and that is it for the time being <clears throat> see you guys in the next one for tell me more tell me more podcast i've been your host leah and i've been your host adicia bye Goodbye.